We are one sleep away from the NBL Finals. Excitement is building. I've got champion Damon Lowry here to preview it all. No mucking around today. Let's get straight into it. Finals are almost here, seeding and playing qualifiers tomorrow and an edition of NBL Now to get you primed on this Tuesday, 27th of February. Damon Lowry is here with me, Joel Peterson, to look into all that and more. Damon, as I say, a very good morning to you. Um, It's such an exciting time. I'm really interested to know how you felt as a player heading into post-seasons. Were you the nervous type? Were you relaxed? Were you just, let's get it? How did you feel at this time of year? JP, my man, good morning, man. And yeah, it's it's time now. This is the real time of basketball. From a player's perspective, I would imagine, now that this time is finally here, you get to now go, hang on a minute, let me just check my contract. Did I sign up? Did I get that playoff bonus that we were talking about? But the whole regular season is spent jockeying for position you know it's going to be a roller coaster of some ups and downs you gotta you, you've navigated your way through all of that and now you get down to the business end where everybody is zero zero it's a cliche but it's the truth and you can either win in advance or lose and go oh uh, this is this is the time of the year where reputations are made and reputations are lost so um playoff basketball is the real basketball it's uh, such an exciting prospect. We know this season has been wide open and we head into this final series with six teams who uh, you know, all have a case to be able to go the distance. Let's start with our first game. So 5.30 Eastern Daylight Time down in Hobart tomorrow night. Tassie hosts Tillawarra in the seeding qualifier. So the winner of this game goes through to a playoff series against the Perth Wildcats. The Jack Jumpers have been on a bit of a tear of recent times. Do they enter the, the finals as the, the form team of the competition in your mind? I believe so. The Tassie Jack Jumpers have been playing playoff style basketball for like the last four to five rounds of the season. Even when they would lose a game, which didn't happen a whole lot, even when they lose a game, it was only by the narrowest of margins. So I feel like the Jack Jumpers are coming in red hot. Everybody's healthy. Everybody is like, it clearly is bought into the Jackie way. And damn it, if they ain't selling Jackie way t shirts, if they first playoff game, then they just don't like money. That's all I got to say. But everybody's on board. Jack McVay is in fine form. He'll be riding a high from his second team, all NBL selection. Jordan Crawford is the same as Milton Doyle. All those guys are in form. McVay, sorry, Magnay, Shawnee Mack. And I'm hearing that Majuk Ding is back, ready to play. So I don't know how many minutes he's likely to see. But just the fact that Scott Roth has another six foot nine scoring option to throw out there, um, gotta have the Jack Jumper fans excited. Well, speaking of the Jack Jumper fans being excited, their crowd is is all kinds of wild. I'm really looking forward to getting down there tomorrow and experiencing it firsthand. How important can that be? And you know, you've ridden the wave of a of a home crowd to a championship before. How important can that that home crowd energy be for Tassie? That home crowd, man, not just any home crowd. But the Jack Jumpers home crowd, I think, is worth at least 12 points. If they're down, they'll bring them back. If they're up, they could blow the doors off of you. And like like we talk about these ants, Joe, these little poisonous ants, they march. They've probably been sleeping outside of my, my State Bank Arena overnight. But these guys will all just show up in droves. The city is on lockdown in a good way. And um, the atmosphere is just going to be electric. So, yeah. Full credit to the Jack Jumpers. It's going to take some beating. 
Illawarra Hawks are very capable. Make no mistakes, because the last time the Hawks was there, if I'm not mistaken, it was a double overtime game, and they came out with the win. So this game isn't just going to – they're not just going to give it to the Jack Jumpers. They're going to have to earn it. 108-107, uh, back in round 15, uh, Tassie just getting over the line. So they've, uh, they've played some some crackers so far this season. Uh, on the Hawks, of course, they're flying high after the Justin Tatum announcement that he's re-signed as coach for on a two-plus-one deal. Um, how hopeful are you as a, as a former Hawk yourself and someone who, uh, who keeps a close eye on their progress? How hopeful, how confident are you that they can maybe go on a bit of a run here? Look, they got the, they got the man in, for the job. They got the right man for the job. They stitched him up, three-year deal. I don't know if that's two plus one. I don't know if it's a mutual for the third, whatever. He's in, he's in town. That's the main thing. So what that does is it stabilizes the entire community. Everybody now don't have to worry about what's going to happen next year. Is this the right guy? Blah, blah, blah. All, that, all those distractions are now gone. We can just focus on the job at hand. And everybody on the team from 1 to 12 – for the DPs, the support staff, everybody knows who's driving the bus. Justin Tatum's driving the bus. Now, they believe in this dude. Justin Tatum is the best thing to happen in Wollongong for a long time. So the belief is sky high. Can they go on a run and win it all? Absolutely they can. It's going to be hard coming from fourth, but it's very possible. And if it don't happen this year, hopefully it happens in a couple of years during the Justin Tatum administration. I'd love to see another chip. Like I've been saying for, for years, Joe, it's been hard carrying this burden of the only title in 23 years of this, so, of this franchise. I'm ready to pass the torch. Yeah, well, uh, I'm sure there'd be a lot of Hawks fans out there that are uh, shaking their hawky pom-poms and hoping that... Uh hoping that that torch does get passed. Uh, the late game on Wednesday, so the, the second game, the playing qualifier, this is pretty simple. Win, you stay in the fight. Lose, see you later. Season over. Massive stakes, and it is a NBL Championship Series rematch from last year. Sydney and New Zealand. If you needed any more to sit, any more excuses to sit down and watch this one, well, I think that's all all we can sell you on because that is, uh, that's an incredibly, uh, incredibly tasty matchup. These two teams put on a hell of a championship series last year. Went to five games, and Sydney Kings obviously came out with the back-to-back championships. Great job. Now, this season, everything's different for both teams, personnel-wise. But the Sydney Kings, when they came down for their last game of the season against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, the way they went about winning, I feel like something was triggered in them. I think something was reignited in them. Some passion, perhaps. That's what it looked like to me. It looked like they were having fun again. And if that can carry over into this playoff game, now we've obviously had a bit of a FIBA break. So maybe maybe they come back down to earth. Who knows? But the Sydney Kings, at their best, is it's extremely dangerous at their best. Led by Jalen Adams. And just hearing Jalen Adams' press conference, how he spoke about it's kind of up to me to get this ball rolling, to kind of get it started. I thought, oh, 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 uh, 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 a consistent, uh, an aggressive, a determined Jaden Adams. Woof, that could be dangerous. Now, on the other, on the flip side, the New Zealand Breakers, we don't know what's going to happen with Will McDowell White. Man, I hope he plays because he was playing good basketball. And we all know what the human blur, PJC, we all know what he's about to show up with. 
But the breakers going to have to get a collective um, great performance out of the lesser likes, with all due respect. Matiang, you got to stay on the court, big fella. You got to stay on the floor. Um, Isaiah Liafa, you got to hit shots, man. And also, can't get in foul trouble. I think it's going to be a knockdown, dragout game, and whoever wins it deserves it. You mentioned that fever break. The Kings, uh, of course, uh, have had a, 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 a really quiet stretch. They played their last game on the 17th. It's the 27th today, and their last game before that was on the 9th, and then before that, they played on the 3rd. So they've played three games in almost four weeks by the time we get to tomorrow. Um, so that'll be an interesting one to see how they how they can come up, and they'll certainly be fresh. New Zealand, we know, went to Adelaide and lost on the final day of the season. Um, whose best is better, Damon? So if we, you talked about the fact that both of these teams can be really dangerous. We're unsure about Will McDowell-White from an injury perspective, but from a ceiling perspective, if, if they both play to the level that we hope to see from them, whose best do you think is better in this matchup? That's a good question. From a talent perspective, from an offensive juggernaut explosion perspective, Sydney King's best is better. But from a grind it out, from a battle through adversity, through a never ever quit, never say die, who's best? Give me the breakers. Because with those guys that have been through all season, they are so battle-hardened. They are calloused. I love, man, Morty Maor dropped a line the other day. He said something, I don't want to misquote him, but he said, if you go through adversity and then you come out the other side, it will take you to a place that you couldn't have gotten to without it. I thought, damn, that's a bar. That should be in somebody's lyric. That should be in somebody's song. And those guys have had a whole season full of that. So when it gets tough, I trust the breakers more than I trust the Kings when it gets tough. So if the Kings can run away with it, get a nice early lead like they did last time, they caught New Zealand on the back of a, a tough road trip, and they just ran, you know, just ran the scoreboard up. If they can do that to start off the game, yep, no problem. Kings for the win. But if that game turns into a grind, give me the breakers. It's going to be a fascinating matchup. Styles make fights, as they say, and uh, that's certainly one of those situations. A few other bits before we get out of here. Uh, of course, Derek Rucker's been uh, hard at work over the last little while pulling together his top 15. We discussed this with Liam on on Friday. So uh, 15 to 6 was Milton Doyle. So this is starting at 15, working up to 6. Milton Doyle, Isaac Humphreys, Will Magne, DJ Vasiljevic, Luke Travers, Jack McVeigh, Keanu Pinder at 9, Gary Clark at 8, PJC at 7, and Joe Luala Chul Jr. at 6. And the other day, uh, his top five came out for our man Ruck. Number five is Mitch Creek. Number four, Jalen Adams. Number three, Chris Golding. Number two, Anthony Lamb, who the Breakers would dearly love to have out there. I'm not even going to say who number one is because I think it's plainly obvious that it is the man from the West, Mr. Cotton. Um, what did you make of uh, of the list that D-Ruck put together? Man, that was a hell of a job. Derek did a hell of a job with that list, and I had to go back and listen to it two to three times. I had to listen to his criteria, and the everybody would like to punch a hole in a list like this. Now, Derek, I'm going to defend Derek in his list. I'm going to defend Derek 
Like I used to defend him back in the early 2000s with aggression, with tenacity, but with a little bit of caution. Because he, like you said, he was hard at work while all the critics were not hard at work. Anybody that knows Derek just a little bit knows that he ain't not, he is not going to go into anything haphazardly and be reckless. He's put a lot of thought into this. He's found stats and, and metrics that I had, didn't even know existed. So that list of top 15, the only thing that I had a question mark over, actually I had two question marks. I thought Will Magne, who came off the bench and didn't play it, you know, over 20, 20 minutes a game, and Nathan Sobey. But then I went back and listened to his, his, his criteria. I went back and looked at some stats and I thought, you know what? Sobey, if I put him in, who does he, who does come, who comes out? Does DJ Thucydides come out? And I think that would be the consensus. But you look back on it and DJ Vasilievich won his last five home games, shot a better three point percentage. They averaged the same points, basically 20. Both teams didn't make the finals. You can say one came ninth, one came seventh, whatever. They both out. So I can't really fault it. I couldn't find any glaring holes in Derek's list and in credit to him for not sitting on the fence like a lot of people we know, Joe. A lot of people we work with, Joe, <laughs> sit on that fence like it's this chair of the Game of Thrones. But Derek is no fence sitter and credit to him for, um, for taking on a, a job like that. Yep, there's a few out there with splinters. Derek Rucker is not one of them, and uh, he's. It's always the, it, that's always the thing it boils down to is if you're not happy with who's not in there, well, who are you going to take out to put them in there? And that makes it a hell of a lot harder. So a great exercise, of course. You can get that on uh, the NBL socials. You can see the list, see Ruck's video with Jack, uh, the breakdown on the NBL app. It's a, a really interesting discussion. Um, the last thing we'll hit before we get out of here today, Josh Bannon declared for the NBA draft yesterday. So the Brisbane Bullets big man, of course, a couple of years at college, coming back and, and having a great season with the Bullets was really impressive in a couple of Boomers outings as well in recent times. And he's throwing his hat into the ring for the big league at the end of the year. You know what? He might as well, Joe. Good old Joshua. Joshua Bannon, who finished 2024 regular season in New Zealand with a stellar performance which kind of made me think, okay, this guy's a he's a franchise guy. Now, is he an NBA player right now? That's up to an NBA GM team to decide that. That's not up for me to decide it. It's 32, 30 NBA, NBA teams. They're going to have a look at him, and he's already trained or he's already tried out for the Indiana Pacers. Um, so people know who, what his name is. His bright side is up. His upside, I should say, is up, and um, his future is bright. So good luck to him. You might as well. Worst case scenario, you come back here and have another NBL season. Yep, absolutely. So uh, all the best to Josh Bannon. He won't be alone in, in terms of throwing his name in the NBA draft hats. Uh, so much to look forward to over the next couple of days. Of course, uh, in about 36 hours' time, we'll be, well, maybe even less than that, we'll be right into the thick of uh, some NBL finals basketball, Damon. It's uh, such an exciting time of year. Thanks for your company this morning. Too easy, man. Damon Lowry with us, of course, all you need in news over the next little while as we head into Wednesday's NBL final start via the NBL app and nbl.com.au.